This is Talk of the Town on News Talk 1290 CJBK, where interesting people talk and London listens. Bob Metz and Jeff Schlemmer with us today on Left, Right, and Center. Welcome, gentlemen. Hello. Hello. And a, a, a wonderful opportunity, I think, having these two particular people with us today to talk about this uh, this um, uh, Supreme Court uh, of Ontario, Court of Appeal for Ontario. Is that right? Is that who did this? Yeah, mm-hmm. yes, Court okay. of Appeal. Ontario Court of Appeal, uh, who said that the uh, constitutionally the prohibition against same-sex marriages uh, could not be upheld, uh, and and we had a caller earlier today in the first hour when we were talking about this who said he didn't understand why the judges have sort of taken over, as he put it, that the judges seem to be making the laws now rather than the lawmakers, and that laws are crafted to satisfy. Uh, unhappy minorities instead of uh, expressing the will of the majority. And I thought, aha, well, we have a lawyer and a, and a, uh, who's also very, very involved in government, interested in government. And uh, in Bob's case, we have a, a member of a political party who's very, very interested in government and a, and a keen student of this. So I had a perfect opportunity to talk to these both these fellows about this. Uh, Jeff, I'm going to ask you to put your lawyers' to, uh, gowns on for a moment or two here. Uh, what are, in, in, in legal terms, what are the ramifications of this? Is this now ban- binding across Canada, this judgment? Uh, well, it's the thing. When you talk about laws, lawyers absolutely never, ever speak in absolutes, you'll find. So, uh, <laughs> and uh, in this case, uh, what happens is that appellate courts are the second highest courts behind the Supreme Court of Canada. So normally a decision from an appellate court in one province would be very persuasive in other provinces, but it's not technically binding. Okay, so in other words, uh, in a similar case in another province, the precedent set here could be invoked, but would not necessarily lead to the same result? Yeah, but having said that, it's unlikely in this case because, first of all, it's a federal law that's being considered rather than a provincial law, and also the decision is a unanimous decision of a very strong Ontario court, including the Chief Justice of Ontario. So because it's such, an, uh, such a clear decision uh, by the highest judges of Ontario, like not like the cream of the cream mm-hmm. of Ontario Court of Appeal judges, and because it affects a federal law rather than a provincial law, it's very unlikely that another court in another province would disagree with it. Okay, now another question that many people are, are, are asking, or the, an area that's unclear, how does a provincial court have the jurisdiction to overrule a federal law. Well, um, what happens is, and we have a very obtuse way of naming our courts, this is actually not a provincial court. It's a federal court. And uh, it's confusing when you compare it to the American system. We have a system of provincial courts, which are lower courts. They used to be called magistrates' courts. I remember those. And uh, so we have a provincial court criminal division, a provincial court family division, a provincial court civil division. Those are lower courts. But then we have federal courts uh, which are called Superior Court of Ontario, and then the Court of Appeal is part of that Superior Court. Those judges are all appointed by the federal government, and they can consider all Canadian law. They're, they're what's called a court of inherent jurisdiction, which means that uh, they can say they can look at all law. Having said that, <laughs> just to make things more confusing, <laughs> there is a separate federal court which deals only with some specific federal matters. So, for instance, uh, if I do an appeal of a Canada pension case, it goes to federal court, uh, which has a parallel structure. Uh, although in my lifetime, at least we got rid of one level of courts. We used to have county courts, and those were merged into uh, what are now the superior courts. But uh, it's it's kind of a mess. That's why it's hard to explain to people this stuff. I think lawyers keep it complicated so that we can force you to pay us a lot of money. Well, that makes sense it. to me. <laughs> uh, one one final legal related question. Then I'm going to open up a little more. Uh, is there any appeal from this 
verdict? Is there, oh, is sure. there a higher court? I yep. mean, Supreme Court of Canada, can they take yep. this on now? Oh, sure. And I, and I would be very surprised if it didn't go to the Supreme Court of Canada. Uh, there's there's uh, a right of, well, it's not an automatic right of appeal. The Supreme Court of Canada would look at it and decide whether to grant leave, but they would clearly grant leave because it's such a big issue, such an important issue. And, I, and I, you know, that on the one hand, I suppose you could argue that it shouldn't be appealed because it is a strong decision uh, that all the judges who have considered this issue now have ruled uh, saying that this has to be struck down. It's important to understand, too, the law that they struck down is not a parliamentary law. It's not a law passed by our government. It's a common law. Mm-hmm. It's a law that was created by a judge. Uh, and, in fact, in the decision, they refer to uh, it being the deci- the definition by a guy named Lord Penzance back in the 1800s. What a pirate he was. Well, and I'm sure it's the same. <clears throat> There's no coincidence there. Gilbert and Sullivan will be named Pirates of Penzance after him. So he was a senior ju- judge, a lord, a law lord in England in the 1800s, and he uh, provided the the current definition of, of marriage as being uh, man and, and woman. So, again, this is not striking down any Canadian statute. It's not striking down any law that's been passed by our government. But our government has has used this common law definition that was created by a court 150 years ago. And the current court is saying, and now that we have a charter, we have to change that. Bob, I want to ask you about the, uh, not so much about whether the, the the charter is a good thing or a bad thing, but in the context of, of what it tells us here. Uh, and and it its ability or, or the way it facilitates these kinds of decisions from judges, which I would submit it probably not unanimously supported across the country. Uh, what kind of mechanism is involved here in in terms of well, what is the Constitution when we talk about this kind of issue? Well, you know, people say that the courts are making law. Okay, I don't believe that's the case. I think it's always been the case that in a relatively free society, you have a division of power. The courts interpret the law. That's their job. They can't avoid it. They can't be given a set of, here. here's a set of rules. Suppose I just wrote a set of rules for you, and I had intended X with rule number two. Mm-hmm. But you read it, and you honestly read it, that, and from the way you read it, it meant Y. And I get surprised. Mm-hmm. Oh, my, you're making law. Mm-hmm. No, you're not. You're taking my law that I gave to you, mm-hmm. and you're reading it according to your definitions, your standards, and that becomes the interpretation of the law I created mm-hmm. as a parliamentarian. So it's it's part and parcel of the same process. The real problem with this whole gay marriage issue is not the legislative um, creation of an institution that gives gay people the same protections, quote, uh, leaving other issues aside, mm-hmm. as, as heterosexual people. It's literally, one of your callers said it yesterday, it's using the same word marriage to denote two different kinds of relationships. I'm sorry, but a man and a woman being married is, is a different relationship than a man and a man and a woman and a woman. They are just different by virtue of the sexual makeup of each of the relationships. Well, how so we should sexual? have different words to describe yeah. them. Yeah. I don't want to be confused when somebody tells me they're married. Well, what does that mean? Does mm-hmm. it mean anything? Mm-hmm. Uh, what if is- we had a reversal of morality back to the days when uh, even in the heterosexual community it was against the, the law to be adulterous or, or something like that? You had to be married. Mm-hmm. I don't think gays would like it very much if 50 years from now the issue wasn't being gay, but being gay and not married. You know, And, and, and you, <laughs> you never know what can happen with mm-hmm. public mores. They swing back and forth. And this does only apply to common law marriage. It's not uh, religious marriage. And uh, it's it, it maybe would have been nice at some point if they had used a different word for common law marriage, but they call it common law marriage. Now, common law it confuses people too, because is that, is that the, the, the definition that many of us grew up with, that this was a marriage that was not legally, uh, was not a legal entity, a common law marriage? Or is there a new meaning to that term common law in this context? Yeah, it, it has different meanings. And uh, in this context, what it means is not religious. 
in, in essence. Uh, there's a common law marriage. Uh, different laws have different definitions of that. For instance, uh, I think under the Income Tax Act, if you live together for a year, you're deemed to be common law spouses. Uh, under the Ontario, um, uh, most Ontario legislation, if you live together for three years or have a kid, you're deemed to be common law spouses. So that's that's what it affects. But it, in, in this decision, in fact, part of it was that a church in Toronto um, uh, was one of the parties and said, it, it, we're being discriminated against because we're a gay church and we're not allowed to perform marriage ceremonies. And the court said, tough luck, too bad. That's, that's a reasonable limit in the society. Uh, so they're not touching religion at all. They're just saying there's a common law definition of marriage that's been, that's been around a long time. Um, that definition, when you look at it in the context of our current constitution, is inconsistent with the constitution, so we have to change it. Jeff Schlemmer and Bob Metz with us today on Left, Right, and Center. Uh, guys, let me ask you about the implications of this for the churches. There's been some concern expressed that this may be, uh, again, a step on a slippery slope, that ultimately churches would be forced to sanctify same-sex marriages, that, that that's perhaps the next the next step along this road. Now, at this point, it's, it's up to the church, apparently, from what I understand, but there's some concern that this could be construed to uh, to allow someone to go to the church of their choice and, uh, choice rather and say, I demand that you marry me and my same-sex partner. Is that a possibility under I, I, what's happened here? I can see people screaming discrimination, you know, based you know on religious prejudice and things like that, but I don't think the issue is even about discrimination. Um I don't think it was discri- I think that the, the court ruling was incorrect in its logic. I don't mm-hmm. think it's discriminatory to tell people that this rela- relationship is called something else. I mean, uh, any gay person, a male gay person, can marry a female heterosexual person or a female gay person. Mm-hmm. It's never been against the law. That's the definition of a marriage, man mm-hmm. and a woman. Mm-hmm. It's all, there's nothing stopping them from doing that. So they are already equal before and under the law. Now, if you, if you and I, as two heterosexual people, what if we wanted to get married? Does that mean we can do it? I can see a lot of marriages, quote, of convenience mm-hmm. for to get government benefits, to get deductions in their tax returns. That's what the big scream is about. That's why Ralph Klein's screaming about it. Mm-hmm. He sees a government that's very highly socialist, that gives away benefits to heterosexual couples, which it shouldn't be doing in the first place, mm-hmm. because that's a that's another issue, but that's another show. And now you now you add the weight of all these, quote, I don't know, know what you want to call them. I personally prefer the word gay ridge mm-hmm. to marriage, and then mm-hmm. I think that solves the whole problem. And one thing you should bear um, in mind is that if the government wants to wants to uh, overrule this, they can do it. Like we still have a parliamentary democracy, and that means that if the government chooses to amend the constitution to specifically say gays are not included in the charter, then the courts can't do anything about it. But it has right. to. What well, you take seven provinces and fifty point one percent of the vote is that what you have to uh, have to do that uh, for an amendment? They specifically designed the constitution to be hard to change because they wanted to have these as fundamental rules that uh, you couldn't change on a whim. But uh, yeah, I think it's a majority of the provinces and the federal government. So if they all voted saying uh, we want to put a exception into this, then they could easily do that. Or, alternatively, the federal government, uh, I guess, could invoke the notwithstanding clause and say, uh, you know, we're going to get around it. Now, uh, the charter that, is different than the American one that doesn't have a notwithstanding clause. In Canada, we do. Now, we hear that a lot. What that means, essentially, is that it says, here is the law, blah, 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 but notwithstanding what the Constitution says, we're not going to go along with it. That's right. And a government can, can choose to do that. Alberta's always threatening to do that, although, in this case, what Ralph Klein is going to find is that he can't do it by himself that uh, because it's a federal power we have all the powers in canada are divided under a constitution between the provincial government and the federal government and one can't do what the other 
can do. So Ralph can't pass a law saying, I'm going to have my own army, for instance. Mm -hmm. And he also can't pass a law saying, we're going to have a different definition of common law marriage than the rest of the country. What he can do is refuse to process the, uh, the marriage licenses because that's done by the provinces for some reason. So I'm sure he will. Uh, and the federal government may have to set up its own system of uh, licensing marriages in uh, in Alberta. But uh, Ralph can't stop it. Now, the federal government can, or again, a majority of provinces can. Whether they're likely to or not, who knows. But people need to remember that the courts are just saying, here's the laws as we've been handed them. Mm -hmm. And we're and, and it's true. Like These judges are the, the, the cream of the crop. That uh, Chief Justice McMurtry is the Chief Justice, extremely highly respected former Tory um, Attorney General under Bill Davis. Uh, Madam Justice Galise was the former uh, dean of the law school at Western, was appointed about five years ago as a judge. She's a Rhodes Scholar, uh, brilliant, brilliant uh, legal mind. Uh, at the court level below that, uh, they had uh, Chief Justice Smith uh, on the panel, uh, Justice Blair, who's the guy who led all our uh, reforms to the court system, uh, and Justice Laforme, who was the um, first uh, First Nations judge in Ontario. Uh, again, they're blue chip panel, and, and they know that this is an important issue, so they get their best people on it. Uh, so that being the case, then, the, if the government says these guys are all wrong, it's kind of like, well, they're they're pretty smart. So this is not a case. And again, I want to be clear for everybody who's listening. This is not a case where these judges have said, or is it a case where the judges have said, this is what's right, this is what's wrong. They've simply said, this is what the law says. Exactly. Is that right? Well, as they see it. Yeah. Now you got to remember, those judges were all appointed by certain political party powers. Mm -hmm. So they have a they have a spin on the way they look at the law. But different too. parties. Yes. Not the same well, parties. Well, yeah, over the years. Yeah. And then you have a court system but, that's made up of representatives that But no, they're not they're not saying, party. look, we think that this is a nice this will make a better world. Or they're not imposing any of those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. They're saying here's a charter of rights and here's what it says and here's a common law definition of marriage and here's what it says. It came along before the charter uh, by hundred years. Is it still consistent with our constitution? Well based on the words of the Constitution, no it's not. Until until the government changes the Constitution, logically, this the, the definition of marriage can't stand with the definition of the Constitution. Okay, we have to pause for a moment. We will come back. If you've got a question or a comment for our guests today, Bob Metz and Jeff Schlemmer on Left, Right, and Center, you're more than welcome to join us. 643-1290, and we will be right back. Bob Metz, Jeff Schlemmer with us today on Left, Right, and Center. We've been talking about the, uh, the ruling of the Ontario uh, Court of Appeal. Um, that uh, changed, changed, I guess, really, or codified, or you know, said here's the new definition of marriage. Now, Jeff, I want to ask you what Bob was talking about earlier about the possibility, or, or perhaps a better solution to this would have been to have different types of, uh, you know, separate but equal institutions that would uh, would allow us an easy uh, read on what they mean. Is that something that legally could be accomplished? Uh, would that be a, a, a major thing to do that, to come up with a garage, as he said? Yeah, I think it would be a major thing. It would be the same as what I just mentioned. Like, they can pass a law uh, tomorrow if they want. They can make the Constitution say that uh, the law applies equally to everybody except people with red hair or, or you know, that uh, ones who, uh, who are more than uh, 150 pounds or something. They can make any law they want because they're the Constitution. The Constitution says Parliament's still supreme, no matter what. And all judges are doing is interpreting things. Uh, the, the only other way to do it would be by some kind of consensus, that if you could get a broad consensus of people saying, we like this idea, um, then I suppose it would be an easier ride. Well, I have to, I have to stop you there for a second, because that I understood, and obviously erroneously, that there were some absolute protections built into our Constitution and Charter rights, that the government couldn't, for example, say everybody with red hair was going to have your head chopped off. Yes, it can. 
Yes, it can. Sure. And it does. That's yep. why we have special status for the French, for the for the native people. That's all special laws for special people. Our, our, our government is a parliamentary democracy, and that means that parliament is supreme. And what parliament has chosen to do is to is to create a constitution to kind of bring some more order to things, I guess. Mm -hmm. And parliament has said, we'd like these things to be the law across Canada, whether they apply to federal law or provincial law that we're dealing with. We'd but like them all to apply. But there's no ultimate protection for us from government. No. No. No, if the government passed a law tomorrow saying That's that, why you uh, have to have the right to own a gun. If we passed a law in the Constitution that every third person was executed, that would be perfectly legal, uh, as long as it's in the Constitution. There'd be nothing the courts could do about it, nothing anybody could do it. The government runs things, and, and in this case, though, not the federal government, it's like a majority of governments mm -hmm. would have to do it. Mm -hmm. But they can make any, absolutely any law they want, and a court can't stop them. The only thing courts ever do is say, you passed this Constitution. And as long as it's sitting there, you can't pass other laws that are that are different than it. So that's what it comes down to. Um, so yeah, so it, it's it's funny to me when people say, "Oh, the courts are taking over," yada yada. It's like, no, they're not. If the government's wanting to get together and say this is the way it's going to be, then they can do that. And the only reason it's hard to do is because the government has made it hard to do on purpose. So the idea that, uh, and again, one of our callers today was concerned that that he didn't think this represented uh, sort of the will of the people, and 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 uh, that the judges were imposing their own beliefs rather than listening to the people. Am I right then in saying that the, the what they listen to is the voice of the people as expressed in Parliament? Uh, again, you have to yep. be very careful what people are objecting to. I really think that changing a gay a gay marriage, calling it a gay marriage, aside from making the language clearer, would deflect the hostility against gays. That's where it's coming from. I have yet to see a person who's quite. I, I know a lot of people who are, as far as I'm concerned, a little irrationally anti-gay, right? Mm -hmm. But when I talk to them, I say, do you want to take rights away from these people? Do you want them to be locked up? Do you want... None of that is there. That's not their objection. Mm -hmm. Their objection is being identified with them. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when you, when you talk about courts and and, the, and definitions, I've got two, two, de, uh, two dictionaries uh, back at my office. One's an American legal uh, definitions dictionary, one's a Canadian. And if you opened up a regular Oxford dictionary and put it beside the legal ones, you would be surprised how many times the word in the legal dictionary does not mean anything close to mm -hmm. the word in the Oxford dictionary. One of the first ones that caught me was, uh, was the word publication. I used to think publication was like Reader's Digest or a magazine or a book. Yeah. No, publication is anything. Anything offered for sale. An obscene publication, for example, could be a table. Mm -hmm. If some magistrate thought he didn't like it bad enough that he thought, oh, God, that's ugly, you know, <laughs> obscene publication. Oh, so Winston, could, Winston Churchill you know. said that uh, the English and the Americans were uh, two people separated by a common language. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but certainly the states is at a much different place as far as where their laws are than ours, as far as gays go. And certainly that's still, what are there, 14 states, I think, that still have anti-sodomy laws and uh, uh, still half a dozen that have anti-oral uh, sex laws, too, including Florida. I always wonder if people going to the states realize if you're going on their honeymoon or whatever, all the things you're not allowed to do in that uh, beachfront hotel in uh, in Florida. Uh, but having said that, that's just they're at a different place than we are. But as far as our laws go, uh, the way that we we apply them, it's the same. So again, if our government wants to change this, they can. I I suspect they'd rather leave it alone. Uh, but there's no point saying to the courts, "You're hijacking the agenda here," because all the courts are doing is saying. This is, a, this is what you got to do to be consistent with the Constitution. If you don't like it, change the Constitution. Government could do it. Gentlemen, thank you both for joining us today. Very instructive, as always, and appreciate you taking the Thanks, time. Jim. Thanks, Jim. Bob Metz and Jeff Schlemmer with us today on Left, Right, and Center.